Hey and welcome to Reiki Me Right, episode 17, called Self-Reflection and Accountability, and I'm your host, Jane Goodsir. Not a particularly alluring topic this week in comparison to others, however, nonetheless, it's an important one. This week, I've had really great conversation with people on and offline, and there's been a a theme that's run through a lot of that conversation. As I've pointed out before, I like to take note of that and I'm going to share that with you in this episode. That is, if I'm not taught it, how do I know about it? And there's a couple of things there. Firstly, I agree. A really solid and supportive pathway to learn from is important. For me and my students, that looks like free ongoing support as well in an online community space because, as I've highlighted quite a few times in my podcast, a connection with Reiki energy is ever-evolving, as are you as a human. So questions and sharings tend to come up more and more over time, not just at the initial point of training. The second thing. A person needs to have a want to be self-reflective and accountable. A person can be provided all the support in the world, but unless they actively engage, it really doesn't mean anything. And no teacher can make a student continue to be self-reflective and take accountability for their growth and their practice, nor should they have to. I do believe, though, that a learning pathway structured well will mean a student will either embrace that because it's for them or there'll be an issue which will be highlighted because the student is finding self-reflective work, self-accountability work challenging and might rather avoid that. People sometimes ask me, are they not the same thing, Jane, self-reflection and self-accountability? And they're not. Self-accountability comes via self-reflection. And self-reflection really is a practice. It's something to learn and requires honesty on the inside with yourself. And I've come to realise via lots of personal experience of past and working with many others, that's not always comfortable, but it is always necessary to be that confident, powerful, non-restricted practitioner that if you are like me, you want to be. Self-reflection is really good for your mental well-being because quickly you can become really quite firm in not only your areas of challenge in life and work, but equally your areas of strength. And when it comes to knowing areas of strength born from the areas of challenge, you can become very firm on knowing who you are. Listen back to uh, episode 14 on values for more on how to uncover and explore that if you want to. And therefore, for example, you can remain free of the projections of other people that might flavour how you think and feel about yourself and your work. Given that you are here with me, I'm going to presume that you are really open to self-reflection and self-accountability, particularly if you've listened to one or more of my podcasts, because my teaching isn't for everybody. My teaching leaves little wiggle room to shy away from delving into one's inner landscape 
because of how vital that really is to explore as a practitioner working with energy, especially as a person working with other people's energy. For me, that's like a specialist eye doctor not having been trained in the iris or the pupil. So firstly, my understanding is that by and large, Usui Reiki training doesn't always provide a pathway for learning the skills that a person needs to have to be able to support their own ongoing self-growth work. So the healed lived experience. You can listen back to episode one for what that means if you want to do that. That's one of the three key components to learning shamanic Reiki. It's often not there. It's often missed out when it comes to Usui Reiki training, which for you as a student understandably makes healing your lived experience, having the tools and practices to support yourself there, more challenging. As a result, self-reflection and accountability of practice, even if you are super keen to learn about that again, perhaps more challenging. With my shamanic Reiki pathway, these skills are the first thing that you learn in Energy the Course. Well, lots of added free bonuses on top of that and other things as well. Energy the Course can be done by itself too and complements any pre-existing Reiki training. If you haven't done Energy the Course, this, or even if you have, this supplementary material in the podcast today will really help you out. And secondly, my understanding is at case study time, typically with Usui Reiki, and as we go here, you'll realise why I'm focusing in on case studies, there are limited questions, if any at all, on self-reflection, what you could have done better, what's going on in the background. That might be a piece of personal healing work that's allowing you much more intuitive connection flow a much more intuitive connection and flow what went well anything additional that you're doing to support yourself for example setting up more case studies to work on a particular area of focus that you'd like to become more confident and so on so on not for marking but for support by the teacher and for you to keep and for you to work with Today I'm going to provide you with some questions, if you'd like them, that might help with self-reflection and accountability as part of your ongoing practice. If you've got questions that come up off the back of those and would like support with them, you've got access to my direct inbox via email. You head to fireheartedlife.co.uk forward slash 17, hit the purple button. Also, I'm going to ask if you have questions that you'd like covered in a podcast episode or a specific topic that you would like covered in a podcast episode, email me that over as well and I'll I'll cover those for you if you think that might be helpful. Again, fireheartedlife.co.uk forward slash 17 and hit on the purple button. Okay, questions. You might want to grab yourself a pen, piece of paper, notebook, journal, 
and take note of these. You might want to set yourself up case studies to practice more. Falling back on these questions. I always like doing that. Nobody is, I believe, ever the finished product and is ever the student. And I don't like to be complacent and thinking I ever know everything there is to know, particularly in my specialist areas. Or you might just want to work with your current clients that you have booked in. Or if you're an aspiring shamanic Reiki practitioner, take note and come back to these at a later date when you're learning. And by the way, when I say case studies, I don't mean giving your work away for free. I'm digressing here, but know your value, know your worth, charge accordingly. Interestingly, I was speaking to a colleague, a really good friend just the other day, and she was talking about a statistic. 80% of women don't ask to be paid appropriately or don't charge appropriately for their services. 80% of men will overcharge for their services. I'm going to leave that there for you to digest and explore. Question one. You may want to ask yourself, where is my biggest area of challenge in a healing session? For example, do I struggle to trust my intuition fully? Am I able to make meaning of the session relevant for the client? As in, can I take anything I sense, see, hear so and so on and translate that from the spiritual realm to the earthly realm so it makes sense so it's useful and meaningful for my client back in their everyday life now I teach spiritual tracking and as part of that teaching students learn how to bridge the spiritual and the earthly realm to make meaning I've come to learn that not knowing what to do with colours animals whatever it might be that comes to you in a a healing session with a client. Of course, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it might, or it might happen all the time. It works very differently for for everybody and there's no one better way than the other. What I'm saying here is Usui Reiki practitioners, generally speaking, in my experience, aren't taught what to do with that or indeed aren't taught that that might be something that starts to uncover for them and that it shouldn't be feared once they start to work with energy. To repeat, where is my biggest area of challenge in a healing session? There are a couple of podcasts that I've done before um, on spiritual tracking and you can delve back into those if you find that one or the area of challenge for you covers what I said there on spiritual tracking and making meaning for a a client in a session. The second one, do I use Usui Reiki symbols in my healing sessions? If not, why not? There's no right or wrong here, so to just be honest with yourself. If you aren't honest with yourself, None of this works. Asked in my Instagram stories recently, my Instagram page is at Firehearted Life, in case you want to hop over there and join us. Asked recently who uses the Usui Reiki symbols, and the biggest majority of people said one or more they use sometimes 
The second most popular response was that they don't use them at all. And the third was that they use them per how they were taught, which I thought was interesting. Shamanic Reiki per how I've created the pathway with my guides doesn't have attunements for various reasons I'll speak about in another podcast, I'm sure. It has an empowerment, a really sacred process where I pass on my own personal power, personal power symbol to a student creating a really beautiful connection and lineage. And you're taught how to divine your own power symbol for use as well to create a really strong connection with Reiki energy, as an example. So to repeat, do I use the Usui Reiki symbols in my healing sessions? If not, why not? Three, what am I good at? What am I confident with? Where's my strength? In my experience, people in particular, females, those presenting as, do not like to talk about what they are good at. And here, I've learned it prevents you from simply even being able to speak about what it is that you do and why someone should come to you for a healing as opposed to the next person. For me, everyone has their own flavour of working with Reiki energy, which of course is the core of what shamanic Reiki is, finding your unique way of working with Reiki energy. Shamanic Reiki isn't just a a blend, a mesh of shamanism and Reiki, and it's not just as simple as connecting with your shamanic guides for a more unique connection to Reiki energy. It's a fully unique healing modality. And what I teach as a whole section in Shamanic Reiki too, but you you really drill down into what your area of specialism is. This is because I believe that if everyone was working with their shamanic guides and really bringing out into the world what they were called to and the way that they were called to, everyone would be working to the same ends, sticking to supporting the type of person they love working with and also that they are really skilled, knowledgeable, intuitively confident in really being able to help rather than having what I see a lot just now with Usui Reiki which is a mesh of what seems to be described as gentle relaxing Reiki at a very ridiculously low cost which doesn't breed much confidence or professionalism in the modality to the outside eye does it? It doesn't for me certainly when I look at that Again, I digress, but here I understand not everyone has had or has this kind of support available to them in terms of what I'm talking about here at Shamanic Reiki 2. So if that applies to you to repeat, what am I good at? Where does my strength lie? What am I confident with in my Reiki practice? Four, what areas of personal healing are coming up for me right now? Am I actively engaging in my own personal healing? When I'd just become an Usui Reiki practitioner, I would have told you that I was. And I was scratching the surface, I'd say, but I certainly didn't have the tools. Like I said before, like many others, that shamanic Reiki remedies and energy the course. I didn't have those tools and practices, but I was I was keen. I was keen to self-heal, but how? How to do that? How to integrate that into being part of my daily way? I see this, I took a year out to heal 
um, being said or, or quoted. I read it often online. And for me, healing's ongoing. It's part of self-reflection on a daily basis, not a harsh hauling out of trauma or diving into the depths, but naturally allowing healing to take place as part of life. That's when, in my really vast experience, healing happens most effectively. It also doesn't totally floor a person, which is, again, something that I notice can happen. To repeat, what areas of my personal healing are coming up for me right now? Am I actively engaging in my own personal healing? Five, this isn't so much of a question as it is an observation and recommendation should you like one. I really wish that someone would have given me. There's two two parts to it. Surround yourself online, especially with people, so accounts, that you can learn from. Most of these, for me, I find challenge the status quo a little bit and I might not agree with everything that they say but it definitely challenges my viewpoints or confirms my viewpoints. Surround yourself online with people who look like real people and are genuine. They live how they say they do. Different sizes, different genders, different sexualities, different ways of speaking, different skin colours. A really important part of self-reflection is inclusivity and bias work, which with me happens at Shamanic Reiki too, but as I've come to understand, doesn't happen generally in Usui Reiki training. So it'll be important for you to understand more about yourself from exploring the world outside how you have been brought up to believe or experience it to be. And that's a really great place to To begin, if inclusivity and bias hasn't been a part of your training. Six, chakras. Do you work with chakras? And I like to bring this back to personal use. Moreover, instantly thinking, do I work with chakras and clients? Because that's really where it all starts. Personal use. How does it integrate into one's own life and by extension, then working with other people? So do I work with chakras? Are they working for me? Do they resonate with me? Am I using this healing system simply because I was taught it as the only healing system available to use? Chakras might work for you. And if they do, brilliant. Chakras might not work for you. And if they don't, there is an alternative option. Chakras and Reiki are not intrinsically linked. The seven chakra system popular today derives not from an ancient scripture as you may have come to believe, as you may read online if you give a Google, but a treatise written in 1577. Chakras are a yoga tradition. Quoting a Sanskrit scholar, and practitioner called Christopher Wallace. Western yoga understands almost nothing about chakras. 
that the original tradition thought was important about them. Therefore, you might find, you might not resonate with chakras on the level that you are looking for. Like I say, if you do work with chakras and they resonate, brilliant. But if your Reiki practice just doesn't feel quite right, if you're feeling restricted, if you're feeling like everything could just gel together a bit better, chakras is a really good area to have a look at. I believe that how we have come to learn about chakras in itself is at the point of learning quite restrictive. You might want to consider a Celtic alternative to chakras. I think I'll podcast more fully on this sometime soon, actually. The Celtic alternative is called the Cauldron Power Centres. And you can learn in a very practical book coming out in January, UK and US, called The Cauldron and the Drum by Rhonda McCrimmon. Link in the podcast notes. And that's mandatory reading for any of my Shamanic Reiki students. Though there's never a, you must read this now, mandatory reading. But the cauldrons, more over chakras, is the personal healing system that I really advocate for, for many reasons. To repeat, chakras, are they working for me? Do they resonate with me? Am I using the healing system because I was taught that this was the only healing system available to use? And question seven, if you're struggling with answering any of those questions that I've just said, or it all seems a bit much or confusing, ask yourself, where does my confidence lack and why? And take time with the question, be honest. Write some notes, see what unfolds. There might be many gems that come out of your response just to this question seven. Okay. That's us at the end of episode 17 this week. I'll be back next week or the following, depending upon my background projects and time availability. I look forward to connecting with you then. Please do reach out with questions or topics you'd like me to cover in my podcast. No question is ever a silly question. I really, really wish that I had had the resource that I'm providing you with in these podcasts when I was an aspiring and a qualified practitioner and even a qualified Reiki master. You can reach out to me at fireheartedlife.co.uk forward slash 17, hit the purple button, email me over. If you haven't already subscribed to my podcast, I'd really appreciate you doing that. This supplementary teaching I give you for free and I don't ask anything other out with, please subscribe to my podcast because it helps other people find my work. Okay, you have an amazing weekend, an amazing week, and I'll chat to you soon. Take care.